In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends, our weekly spin-off podcast where Dad and I talk absolute nonsense to help take the sting out of all the true crime stress that we induce in your lives every day, every week rather. Listen everyone, um, just a little bit of news. So a bit of a tradition here at Loose Units, Loose Ends and loose units in general, is to talk about things that we care about. And something Dad and I care about a great deal is it's a Christmas film called Jones Family Christmas. That's right. The audio play that you all heard several Christmases in a row and which you all helped fund and you all helped give charitable donations to and listen to and support. It has become a feature film and it's out right now on Stan. Next week, Dad and I are going to chat with Tegan about her work on the film. And really, it's it, 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 it's incredible. It's it's so incredible. And you're all part of it. And in fact, it is, it's set in Mafra. It's set in the areas where it was meant to be set. It's come to life. It's got an incredible cast. It's getting amazing reviews. So uh, it's on Stan right now. Jones Family Christmas. I expect all of you to go and watch and support Please, uh, when you're on stand, by the way, you can actually check this little thing to say that you liked it. So please like the film, support the film. It's it's an absolute goddamn pleasure. But that's something else that is on streaming that is a little less, I would say a little less fun to watch, a little less optimistic, is a crime special um, on Netflix. And it's called Last Stop Larimar. Dad, uh, we both watched this two-parter. Is it safe to say that it bummed us out a little bit? Mm. Understatement, Paul. And in relation to the first thing you were talking about, the amazing movie yes. that Tegan wrote, that mm. actually listeners was not an ad. It's not. We're just talking about something exciting. That's yeah, exciting. Um, so Paul got in touch and asked me to watch mm. this this two parter. And Christine and I sat down a few nights ago. Uh, we turned it on, which is what you do. Yep. Uh, otherwise, you'd just be sitting in front of a blank screen. Well, just quickly, Dad. I mean, if you if you don't know what this actually is, last stop Larimar. So Larimar is a very, very, very small town uh, in the outback, in basically in the Australian desert, and it has a population at the time of the events of the documentary of eleven people. Um, it's not exactly the kind of place that I would enjoy going to, but it centres around a crime that happened there on December sixteenth, twenty seventeen, when a local called Paddy Moriarty and his dog went missing. And that's sort of the premise. But uh, you and mum sat down to watch it. And I 
Based on your correspondence with me, it did not go super well. No, we watched it for mm-hmm. um, maybe 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. I was sort of wanting to strangle my kidneys and intestines, uh, but I didn't sort of let on to Christine because I thought, well, in fairness, mm-hmm. if you watch something um, as a couple, yeah, uh, you sometimes, and I'm sure we've all been there and done that, Mm-hmm. where you and Tegan have been sitting down or I mean there are millions of examples and you're thinking this is absolute shite but Tegan's not reacting because and that energy and that energy can actually affect the other person's enjoyment and then what happens is they're not enjoying it you're not enjoying it their lack of enjoyment bleeds into you and makes you enjoy it even less it becomes this weird negative yeah. spiral so I respect you for sort of you know keeping Sturm and yeah. seeing so, it through so you know bit. we really were pushing 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 yeah. And at around about the maybe the 15 minute mark, mm-hmm. I looked over at Christine and it turns out we were on the same page and we just both said we just cannot bear this any longer. Yeah. And we turned it off. Now, then you and I had a discussion mm-hmm. and you said, Dad, everyone's talking about this, even Rolling Stone. I mean, it's yeah. making some big news. Mm-hmm. I. I find that very, very problematic um, on many levels, which we can explore at, uh, at some depth. But um, and I'm sure and hope you will have um, some counterpoint to, to, you know, my feelings and Christine's feelings. Yeah. Uh, so I said to Christine after she'd come home from a, uh, a tough day, I said, Christine, we have to watch this. Paul yeah. has basically said, uh, we're going to be talking about it. And, I didn't and say it, it was good. I didn't no, say it was no. good. I said, I said, everyone's talking about this thing. Uh, it's only two episodes long. We have to watch it anyway. And mum loves true crime. Like mum is a big true crime devotee. Again, I cannot stress this enough. Doesn't listen to loose units. And that's, oh, that makes a lot of sense to me. But so the two of you sat down um, to watch this thing. I, talk me, um, yeah, talk me I would, your reactions. I would prefer... To have watched a person yes. having all their rotting teeth pulled out with pliers. That would have been on par in terms of enjoyment factor. A little bit dramatic, um, but okay. Well, it, well, that's how I feel. And Christine and I both, uh, it was torture watching it on so let's many explore, levels. Let's explore that reaction because I'm... We all have very different things we like and dislike. For me, I went, it's very well edited. It's very well made. The crime is uh, interesting. The soundtrack's great, and it's only two episodes long. It's made by the Duplass brothers, and it's based on a true crime podcast, actually. So that was an interesting angle. Uh, And it's a relatively recent crime, right? So Tegan and I hadn't followed the podcast, so we had no idea what was happening going in. And for listeners who haven't seen the doco, I maintain that either you should watch it or you should pause here, watch it tonight, come back dad your reaction and mum's reactions seem to be they I think, seem to be s- separate from the actual content itself but paul it's 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 everything that i can't stand yeah about australian that type of australian culture but it's, it's not celebrating it though i know but it's, it's not, not it's, it's no it's not certainly not celebrating it it's putting mm. a spotlight on it 
yeah. magnifying glass. And it's, mm-hmm. it's creepy. Yeah. Um, and a couple of technical things that I found, and maybe I'm the only person in the world that thought this, but you can't hear the person asking questions. The audio was so quiet and it, the people speaking... That's a stylistic choice. That's a stylistic choice. You're actually, that's more of a documentary filmmaker choice. Sometimes Mm -hmm. in a lot of good docos, the documentary maker wants to basically remove themselves from the process, which I know is very, that's very different from what we do in which it's, it's about the the conversation. Uh, Whereas for them, they would leave in lots of raw edges. So you would hear the end of a question asked off mic which means you get to see the reaction of the person being asked the question. There were even a few charming points where they were talking to uh, law enforcement, and I forget where the law enforcement was based. So but the come cop in quote, yeah, come down from Darwin, and they were, there was one point where a fire alarm goes off, like a drill, and they yeah. kept the camera on the guy as he sat there waiting patiently, and the soundtrack paused. There was a certain sense of humor and a certain stylistic um, vibe to the editing and the cuts and the choices like that which which felt deliberate to me but Mm. uh you what was it about this small town and the people there that rubbed you the wrong way well there was one gentleman um and i'm not going to talk too much about this particular person but i will just Mm -hmm. say that there's one person in this uh, two-parter where we should have been provided with subtitles that's all i'm saying on that particular point yeah, that was um, an odd choice. There was a guy who had very bad cancer and his tongue was removed and they didn't subtitle him. Yeah. Which, and I, oh, by the way, uh, I had no way of understanding what he was saying and no. that was not a slight. By the way, uh, I, I assume that if you turned on actual subtitles, they might be there. Dad, I'm kind of interested to check and see what you thought of the actual yeah, crime good. itself. I've been waiting for you to ask me, Paul, and as far as I'm concerned... Mm. Uh, God, I'm going to be crucified for what I'm about to say. Um, I found it extremely lightweight. I don't... It has not been proven that there's been a crime. Yeah. We don't, we don't know there's a crime. Um, the one suspect that everyone thought uh, was the, uh, the number one contender yep. for the alleged crime, now that was thrown out of court. Of course it was thrown out of court. Talk about lightweight. Did you notice that there was one couple that struck me as being relatively erudite? You mean the ones who moved in uh, only a few years before, right? Uh, yeah, and she reminds me of a very, very. <laughs> it's funny. She reminds you, no, say. Dad. Wait, wait. Let me guess. She reminds you of Jane Lynch's character from um, from uh, uh, A Mighty Wind. <laughs> She's yes. The, yes. 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 Oh, honestly, used, it could be her sister. Be porn, so she's the ex porn star uh, who joined the Christian singing group in a mighty win. Correct. And she was also in Best in Show. Jane Lynch. Oh, she's in Glee. She, I yes, love her. I love huge her. Jane, and that's yeah, just to me. But did you happen to notice? And I'm I'm curious as to see uh, whether any of the, the the people that have watched this particular show. Yeah. I'm curious to know whether anyone mm-hmm. can identify. The car behind them that's very, very dimly lit. You can just see the headlights. Do you recall that particular the multiple uh, scene? Like every time they shot to them, they were shot in two locations, but when they're sitting down indoors, yeah. there's, they're sort of, uh, there's a car behind them. Would you hazard a guess as to what type of car it is? Uh, I have no recollection. Fill me in. Mm, it's a Rolls Royce. 
<clears throat> which I found fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think, and I'm going to lay down the gauntlet here. <clears throat> I think, Paul, if you and I were to go to a country town, mm-hmm. we would do, I've, <clears throat> I think we'd do a, um, a really good job. I'm not going to say a better job, even though do deep down, I think a, you and I could, good job. could go into a town similar yeah. to this. And mm-hmm. you and I could go in and investigate and and interview people, and I think it would um, be very very interesting. Um, look, editing has a lot to do with, and you know this because you edit. Um, you know, you do a lot of editing, and you can basically sort of. I'm sure they had a lot more material, um, but the people that produced and directed the show, they've they've got a certain leaning as to how they want it to go. Well, also, um, when you start when you start a documentary, right? When you get to a small town and you're investigating, and in this case, it was a podcast, so they would have gotten. Because okay, here's the thing about this case, folks. Uh, if you've seen the documentary, you'll realize that this case seemed to get a, I would say, disproportionate amount of media coverage. So, there's an ABC reporter who comes along and talks a fair bit on the docker, but then you see there's a lot of a current affairs style stuff. The town basically got flooded with people wanting to know about this disappearance. Um, and maybe it was a slow news week, but a lot of crimes happen. A lot of crimes happen all over Australia. This crime, I think, maybe captured people's imaginations because the town was so small. I mean, there's footage in this doco of the town back in the 70s where it seems to have just been maybe um, maybe travellers heading uh, across to Darwin had to stop there uh, on their way because there weren't enough proper roads or, um, you know, it was the only... There was a pub there and there was footage of all these people. A lot of the people in the town, basically, it was like 11 very old, sad, angry people living in the middle of nowhere, hating each other into the grave. And then you cut to this very, very depressing footage of them back in the 70s when the place was thriving. And they're all just like young hippies playing playing backyard cricket at this crowded pub. And just watching how this place has dried up and died meant that doesn't matter how well made it was, Dad. I was so terminally depressed by the end mm. that I wanted to hang myself. Like, I was not... I, oh, True. man. True, except there was one beautiful and very poignant part, mm. and that was the very end as to who's come in and bought the pie shop or the pub. Yeah. I think that was yeah. quite quite amazing and quite sweet, and, and, and maybe they can turn it around. Maybe. Um, People sure want to see that, change. It's, you know... Yeah, I'm sure that this, this show will certainly arouse uh, curiosity. Yep. Um... It seems to me that the staple um, sort of, I won't call it food, the staple uh, item that is in every scene that is consumed in an extraordinary quantity is beer. Mm. Uh, The the town seems to run on beer. And I don't know whether there's, there's a petrol station there. I mean, that could be a really sensible thing to do. Is yeah. to have a, a service station which can then draw people in and maybe even, and how's this for a, a really cool idea, get an electric mm. charging station. And then hybrid cars. And then yeah. you can have hybrid, you know, coming in. Um, but I, I overall, I was, look, there's a lot of cringe factor and I, I hope that mm. when people watch the documentary from overseas, they're, they're broad-minded enough to realise that that is merely a... a a microcosm um, of that type of town, uh, if you can call it a town. And I guess, um, st- you know, statistically speaking, 
um, it's almost 10% of the population have, have gone missing. So if That's you... very true. Yeah. Just quickly, Dad, if you watched a documentary about a trailer park and some, and I'm going to be, this is the term that is used, if you had a bunch, if there was a deliverance style trailer park murder going on in the, you know, in the farthest remote regions of the Midwest in America, I don't think anybody would mistake that for American culture. I think it's very clear up front, at least to me, that this was a very specific subset of Australia. And yet it never ceases to amaze me how uh, basic other countries' understanding of, of Australian culture, and by that I primarily mean Americans, mm. and obviously <clears throat> not all Americans, and, yes. and cultural literacy has skyrocketed in mm. the last decade or so. But there are people who still assume that there are kangaroos running no, around. I, I get it. But when you're overseas, yeah. and yeah. I've been overseas, uh, you know, we have a house overseas. We have a lot of relatives overseas. Mm. Anne lives overseas. Mark lives overseas. We're, we're a travelling family. Um, <clears throat> one thing that strikes me um, very obviously when you're out of mm. Australia is how, how little you hear about Australia. We, we are so insignificant. Not as a country. We're not insignificant as... This is not an insignificant country, but in terms mm-hmm. of what's happening in the world, uh, I remember when we lived in England for a year, we heard about Australia twice in 12 months in England. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Uh, One was the change of a prime minister and one was um, some water skiing record. I mean, honestly. The last few things I've had friends overseas ask me about in terms of specifics uh, with Australia... They wanted to know why the yes vote failed, and they wanted to know uh, if Chris Hemsworth was coming back to play Thor. They, you know, there's really 
we very rarely ping the global stage in, in those ways. So I guess what, am I correct in saying that when we have a cultural export go out, you would rather it maybe um, paint a, a more nuanced picture of Australia as opposed to leaning in so hard to such a specific aspect of Australiana? Mm. I, I agree with you 100%. Mm. What I would love to happen is that this gentleman and his dog walk back in to the town. Can you fucking imagine? I'd love that to happen. You imagine? Oh, oh, speaking of walking back into the town, Dad, this is very pertinent. So we talk a fair bit about dark tourism on the show. Uh, it came up, I think the first time we mentioned it was in uh, reference to Snowtown. And there have been several mentions by listeners of maybe lining up some sort of loose units location tour where we have some sort of guide where people can go to the locations from the books mm. and uh, retrace your steps when, from when you're on the force. But... You mentioned briefly before the ending of the show where, uh, and if you haven't seen it before, uh, yet, there is a new arrival or three to the town um, which promises the potential of it turning into something maybe new, maybe something clean, like a clean start for the place. Mm. I don't actually know if that's possible, but if it is, something that will help it is, ironically, people going there because of this documentary series because the doco series doesn't just talk about the fucked up stuff that happened there and sort of also paint really unflattering portraits of the denizens of the town, right? Several of whom are still alive and are presumably still there. But it also says, hey, maybe this town can have a fresh start, thereby almost opening a door for people to go and contribute to that mm. new <clears throat> ecosystem. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a good positive spin, and that's how I felt at the end of it. But okay. I would not have watched it if uh, we weren't going to talk about it. That's um, absolutely fair. Yes, yeah, that's, that's true to say. And Paul, changing the tack slightly, I remember uh -huh. when I was um, in the fire brigade yeah. and we were in, in the engine, uh, the pump, heading to a particular location. We'd pulled up in very, very uh, dense traffic. And yeah. in front of us was a convertible uh, luxury car mm -hmm. with three or four women. And they were sort of, you know, they were dressed to the nines and one of them, I was the driver of the appliance. Mm. Uh, it was a daytime in Neutral Bay, actually. And the driver of the car opened up very furtively her car door, which is clearly on the driver's side. And she, because I'm looking down into the sort of the, the, I can see the entire car. Yeah, yeah. And she grabs the, um, the cigarette tray removes it from the dash it's yeah. full it probably had maybe 50 cigarette butts in it and she just dumped it on the road and i could see well ahead that we were all stuck and i alighted from the um lighted the uh fire engine you got out uh, broad yep. daylight got out i went and scooped up all the ash and cigarettes and threw them back and dropped them on her lap and uh, then I got back in the fire huh. engine. So my point is that people do dump stuff. And some people do it, we've all seen it, with complete... Now, if you're in the country and you throw a, a cigarette out, it can, call, it can start a bushfire, uh -huh. which can have extraordinary, uh, you know, and, and sometimes fatal. Now, now I'm, and and I'm, I'm, I'm not sort of... Yes, it's a fairly extreme example, but that's what really grinds my gears is people throwing rubbish out 
it um, it's just it's upsetting. Sorry, so, what, what's that? What's yeah, that got to done. do with the price of fish? Yes. So last Saturday morning, four a.m. Yep. And also to paint the picture a little bit more sort of concisely. Yeah. Uh, Christine and I were driving. We had a six-hour drive ahead of us, and Christine had kindly offered to come with me. It's a long drive over the Blue Mountains, out on the Western Plain, into the middle of absolute nowhere to do an yeah. antique quote on a sheep station. So knowing that, one really likes to get one sleep. And at four in the morning, Christian and I are both woken by um, four or five people <clears throat> in a car. <coughs> Excuse me. And in a car, and they were sort of laughing and carrying on really, really loudly. It's a cul-de-sac. It's really quiet. You know that in the dead of night, um, you know, you can hear sort of noises amplified for some reason uh, in the wee hours. And they were clearly uh, having Was a... it cold? No, it was warm, and they're having a party in this this car, and, you know, it was just weird. But then... We started to hear these really, really weird sounds, and I was trying to figure out what on earth these peculiar sounds were, and I've never heard these sounds before. So I'm slightly delirious. I'm really pissed off that I'm awake mm. two hours before we were supposed to wake up to go on the big drive, and I started to imagine all the different sounds and what it could be and i was even going so far as to think it was a possum with some medical problem it was a really really weird sound like a twang and i kept hearing these noises and then i go and and the laughter coming out of this car was out of control it was it was maniacal and I go to our door and I look across the road and I had a perfect uninterrupted vision of this large white SUV with a minimum of four, maybe five people. There was one female, she's the driver. There was a passenger and two to three people in the back seat. It mm. was like a small party, but very loud. Right. And I'm watching them. And then I start to see objects being thrown out of, all the windows every every couple of minutes Weird. And they hit they hit the road they bounce they roll they're metallic and i get back into bed christine and i are just and christine walks to the door and she literally shouts at them and i i said christine you can't do that you can't let them know where we are so we're thinking what on earth can we do it's it's just incredibly loud. They're throwing these things out on the road that we don't know what they are. And Christine grabs her phone and she sort of in desperation calls King's Cross Police. And I'm thinking to myself, what on earth? What, what's the offence? Well, we don't know what they're throwing out the window. Um, and I said, anyway, she couldn't get through, which is kind of fortuitous. So... We get back into bed and we hear the car start up. A couple more sort of things get thrown out. The um, Bearing in mind, listeners, that every single noise that we hear of something hitting the, the, the road yeah. is exactly the same. So we heard maybe 15 to 20 of these things hitting the road. 
then yeah. the car leaves and we think we've got an hour left um, you know to, to grab that really precious sleep and the car leaves and we just are about to go back into deep sleep and maybe 10 minutes later guess what they're back they come back and they of course they get the same parking spot because people are not moving in Sydney at that hour it's now getting close to 5am oh god it was like a double nightmare bad trip it was just and your street is very your streets are quite your streets are quiet street I this sound would carry yeah no it's just it's and it's right it's it's meters from our apartment and I'm thinking about all the other people in the area and it's just and it's and they've sure enough they get exactly the same spot now by this time I'm ready to fucking kill someone knowing that we had to the alarm's going to go off soon and I grab my I've got this amazing torch it's really powerful I put my pants on didn't put a top on and I just said and Christine's sort of agreeing with me so I went down to the bottom of our building round the car park and I start walking across and I'm shining my torch in the driver's face and she would have been about 18 um the guy next to her the passenger was a person that i was described as um 120 kilos gold chain he looked like a bouncer on holidays of course he didn't say anything the guys in the back they were whisper quiet and she looks up at me and she says, what's your problem? Whoa. We haven't done anything wrong. Whoa. And I just thought, look, and I just said, look, and I was really, really polite. I was very civil. I believe that. And I, no, I'm, I'm, no, I'm serious. I I'm, not, I'm not being sarcastic. Yeah. I believe and it. I just said, look, I said, you might not be doing anything wrong, but you're incredibly noisy. And I have to get up now in less than an hour to do a really long drive and she just said if you spoke to me with and she just basically ripped into me saying if i spoke politely and i was nothing but polite you know we'd we'd leave and i thought to myself you know what they they technically aren't to my knowledge at that point doing anything wrong they're making a lot of noise it's a noise it's like you can (laughs) it's a noisy situation but you know look in the grand scheme of things it's not that big a thing. And then I stepped away from the car. And as I'm walking back, uh, I looked down on the road and I saw... Would you like to hazard a guess what I saw? What? I saw those nitrous oxide. Oh, my God. They um, were doing nangs. That, that nangs, yeah. yeah. They're doing nangs and, and... That is illegal, I think. Well, anyway, look. Well, I'll just hear me out. And, that, and, and of course, then... I come back inside and Christine and I are both doing research about nangs at <laughs> five in the morning. No, I'm serious. We're trying to find out, is it illegal? Yeah. Is it a, can you drive under the influence? Yeah. The side effects, it eats your spine away. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, but here's the thing, listeners and Paul, this is, the, this is the crescendo, this is the high point of this entire story. Uh-huh. I'm thinking to myself as I'm walking back, what the fuck can I do? I'm powerless. These shitheads have come into our quiet street uh-huh. Now, why did they go away? Why did they go away for 10 minutes? Because they drove up to King's Cross to a convenience store and bought another packet of Nangs. Okay? How do I know that? Oh. Because the sun yeah. was starting to come up 
And I'm thinking to myself, what, how do I, what can I do? And then all of a sudden I thought of Al Capone. And at the same time I thought of Al Capone, guess who else thought of Al Capone simultaneously? Who? Mum? Christine. Yes. And do you know why we both thought of Al Capone? Why? He rotted and died in jail of syphilis. And you, San Quentin. Is this a fate you're wishing Not upon because these he people, murdered or? people. Yeah. Not because he murdered people, Paul, because they got him for income tax evasion. Yeah. And there was the epiphany. And I thought, and then I went out into the, into the, into the morning as the sun was coming up, mm. and I saw 30, that's the, that's the Nangs, these cylinders that I could see, yeah. 30 of these capsules. Okay. Two boxes yeah. and balloons because they, they, they release them into a balloon mm. then they, they suck the contents out of the yep. balloon. And guess what, Paul? What had they been doing? They'd been littering. What did I do? I took video footage. I collected all the names, put them into a massive pile. Oh, my God. Got all the evidence together. Yep. I then filed a very detailed complaint uh-huh. to the Environmental Protection Agency. Oh, my God. And guess what the fine is? Seven thousand dollars. So and hang on, hang on. How it's not her car. It's yeah. How are you going to get this to them? How are you going to hit them with it? I don't hit them with. No, it. No, but how do they? Know, how do you know? How? Okay, they're gone. You don't have their license plate, do you? I do. I wrote their registration number down. There we go. And I did a complete detailed. Can you imagine the sort of report that I filled in? Uh, well, um, ex-cop, I'm guessing pretty comprehensive. Uh, it was full on with, with video evidence yeah. and photographic evidence. And I compiled what I would describe as a very, very tight case and sent it off. Uh, the fine for littering yeah. in New South Wales is for an individual yep. $7,000. Yep. And, and another little thing that's going to happen, mm-hmm. on, in my opinion, is that it's not her car. It's probably the parents. So the parents. So the father oh, is going to be getting the the notice from the EPA, and it's going to be a shit fight. Now, that's the story, yeah. and I'm going to be kept um, kept abreast of what's happening. And one of the questions that they ask you before you submit your report mm. is, "Are you prepared to go to court?" And I assume you are. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, I I I I I hope I get to go to court, but I probably won't because they'll probably pay the fine and i don't know what the fine will be but something's going to happen uh so that's that little story where i thought sometimes in life you think what how can i do something about this and you feel very frustrated but it turns out to be something as basic as littering and that's that little story and then we drove to uh uh, you know the the back of nowhere and onto a sheep station and I quoted on various beautiful antiques and that was, and it was, and it turned out to be a good day. But, um, yeah. Oh, um, Hey everyone, if your annual bingo card included having John Verhoeven say Nang's about 12 times, then congratulations. You are cashing in this year. <sighs> Dad, I think that's about all the time we have for this week's very strange episode of loose units, loose ends, but everyone just wants more this weekend. You know what? Tonight, Set aside the night for a bit of a Loose Units Christmas special and hop on Stan and watch Jones Family Christmas support the Loose Units family because Tegan worked really hard on this. And if you recall, uh, Dad played the premiere of Victoria in, um, on the radio in the radio play and uh, I play the I voiced the premiere of Victoria in the TV version. So 
like a little mantle passed from father to son. It's very nice. So make sure you tune in. Check that out tonight. Have a great weekend, everyone. We miss you all terribly. And we will see you first thing next week for more Loose Units. Bye, everyone. Cheerio. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.